Hey, are you tired of The Exorcist films yet? Well, buckle up because you're about to get two more. And today, Doug is going to look into his crystal ball and he's going to tell you what he sees in the future. That's right. So I need everyone to concentrate on the crystal ball. And as we concentrate, we look deep into the crystal. It says flop. What does flop. that mean? You flop. 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 Oh, okay. Probably because there is no direct storyline from the original Exorcist to where we're at now. This story has gone 20 different places with 50 different ideas, and I have no idea where you can take it. But that being said, I have a bad way to take it. Basically, I'm thinking that going on to the future, it's just going to be Reagan against evil. And, you know, they're going to have some weird jump scares and some cut up girls and they're going to be talking weird. And I think it's going to get a little bit more supernatural than we're expecting. So since we're already to that supernatural area and there's no way to change it, here's where we're going with parts two and three. So Deceiver, we know the name of the second movie, which is actually the sixth or seventh i've lost count but the second movie in the trilogy from blumhouse that's going to be a sequel to the exorcist god this is more confusing than rambo um <laughs> so anyway here we go deceiver two years later things are starting to calm down and pans up to a tree and there you see a little locust and it flies and the camera starts following it i promise this will be the only reference to the exorcist part two just a great way to kind of introduce where everyone is two years later so you're flying you're following the bug around and it shows up at a gate that's just outside of a big forest you know you're not exactly sure what it is and this car pulls up with groceries and you see tony who is catherine's father from believer coming out unlocking the gate getting the groceries locking the gate back up and heading back into the woods. You find out later that Tony and Miranda have pulled their kids out of school. They no longer go to church. They are stuck or they just do everything on their own. They do their own worshiping. They're not against God. They're not against people. They still actually interact, you know, friends come over, but they have completely blocked themselves off from the world. They are teaching their kids how they want to teach. And it is a full on religious place at their house. So that's where they are. You fly on and you find the nurse. The nurse is still doing her thing. She's working, but she's definitely a part of this. Keeps going around. You see, I believe his name was Stuart. He was the Pentecostal priest, the pastor. I believe they were Baptists. Pastor Don, he's still doing his preacher stuff. Bug flies around. You see Dr. I apologize if I messed up this name, but Dr. Beehive, who was the uh, herbalist or the natural, the woman who threw stuff in the fire and created the lost monster. She's still doing her thing. And then finally, it flies into a church and you see Victor sitting there singing along with everyone. Song ends, he puts the book down, they say, God be with you. And they go walking out and it pans out and you see Victor is there by himself. 
His daughter does not go to church with him. So the movie goes on and weird things are starting to happen again. It's, it's nothing too crazy, but you know, policeman walking through the park one day looks up and sees a dead dog hanging from a tree with a noose around its neck. There are weird stuff happening to animals and around the area and it's starting to, people are starting to talk and immediately they look at Victor and they're like, you know, is your daughter doing something again? Well, we've come to find out that Angela is kind of retracted back. She's a loner, you know, she's she's not dressing up in the nice girly clothes she's in she's just in jeans and you know t-shirt and not wearing makeup not trying to make herself pretty she's in high school now so you know she's starting you know starting to get that mindset but no she is just on her own she goes to school she sits there she doesn't get involved goes home that's basically what her life is victor and her hardly talk you can see there's some tension. Obviously, some weird stuff has been happening over the past few years. Or just some, you know, she hasn't dealt with it yet. But they do make a monthly trek out to the countryside where they meet up with Chris McNeil. And about once a month, they go out. And whenever Angela and Victor go out and visit them, Angela and Chris, you know, it's almost like her mood gets better. She's she talks more and they spend a lot of time playing cards by themselves while victor and reagan who is now a main character taking care of her mom go out and they always talk and they're talking about issues that are happening around you know the weird things that are happening around but they're also talking about angela and how she hasn't really moved past this yet and things start getting worse throughout the town and now another girl has gone missing another 12 year old 13 year old girl, same age as Angela was. And you come to find out it was the same age that Reagan was when she was that age as well. And so it's all about finding this girl again. And Victor, having done this before, feels compelled to help. He's kind of changed from part one, the non-believer. He is now the believer. He's a fairly religious person and he needs to help with this. In the meantime, there is this new female detective that comes around and, you know, she's kind of heading up all this weird stuff that's happening and her and Victor become kind of get a little friendship going on and stuff like that. Move on throughout the movie and they do find the girl. Very similar to the way it happened before. She goes missing for three days. She comes back. She's acting weird and they know exactly what's happening. So they have to reach out to the super friends, basically. And so they're trying to bring in some of these people, but Miranda and Tony refuse to help. You know, they, they're not really in part two that much. They are, yeah, they're not in part two too much. <laughs> Haven't been using the ball. I need to use that more. Anyway, they try bringing the crew together. The drive out, Stuart, the uh, Pentecostal, starts seeing deer. You know, he's just driving out to the countryside where they're going to do this. They're going to do this out at Chris's estate. You know, she's rich. She has plenty of room. It's nice and quiet. They don't have to worry about the, the town getting involved and everything like that or hurting or anything like that. And on his way out, he sees a deer and then he sees another deer. And all of a sudden his car is attacked by multiple deer and they're being hit and flipping in. It's a very brutal scene. The deer gets flipped over into the windshield and just starts kicking and kills uh, Stuart. 
you know, so this postpones the exorcism that they are planning because they've lost one of their members. They've, you know, this is weird. You know, is it a coincidence that he hit a deer? But why are there three dead deer around the car and multiple, you know, his car's been trashed and allegedly he hit one deer that killed him, but yet his car has been trashed. Come to find out. Yeah, he was attacked. All this weird stuff happening. So anyway, you know, you can kind of take part two where you want to go and everything like that. But as the climax comes, you start seeing Angela kind of speak up a little bit more and be more involved in everything like that. And she's like, I can stop this demon. And, you know, she just walks out there and she says something in a language you don't understand. And boom, the demon's gone. The girl or boy, whatever, uh, the 12 year old is fine. Literally everything that's been happening. And then Angela walks up and says, blah, 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 blah. And some kind of weird language that, you know, nobody recognizes or anything like that. And the person is fine. And then they ask her, you know, where'd you learn that language? And she's like, what language? And you start wondering what's happening. What, what's weird? Is she possessed by an angel? Does she have this and everything like that? And so it, as the movie winds down, you start thinking, well, maybe Angela has been possessed by an angel is being helped. And now she's going to be, she is going to be the person that's going to fight Beelzebub and defeat Beelzebub. And, you know, it's like, okay, where's this movie going? What's happening? So anyway, Victor and detective who is, I'm sorry, detective Julie Willis is her name. She is sitting there talking with Victor and they're talking about all the weird stuff. And just as they're about to split off, Victor turns, he's like, you know, with all this weird stuff happening, I mean, how are you staying calm? I mean, have you seen crazy stuff like this before? And she kind of turned around and went, well, there was this one time where this old lady tried to chop off my head with medical shears, winks at him and turns around and walks away. That's the last we see of her in part two. Right. So it's Bill's daughter from part, part three. Part three. Of the original trilogy? Yeah, why not? Why not? You've already destroyed this saga, so let's bring it all in. Let's just, <laughs> we're, we're bringing a whole thing around. But you don't find that out. And, and again, you know, if you haven't seen part three, that doesn't make much sense. But that's, you know, kind of gives it to the, gives a little something to the fans. You know, a little like, hey, all right, we're starting to get the crew together. Here it comes. Now, I will let you know, yeah, it isn't like Father Marin's twin brother's son is going to show up or anything like that. Don't worry about that. This is as far back as we go with that. So anyway, you know, it's like, Ooh, there's a nice little twist. You didn't see coming. And then, you know, it kind of fades to black and then, you know, you're back out in the, uh, Chris McNeil's estate and, you know, Victor and Reagan are walking around and, you know, it's like, okay, well, hopefully things will get back to normal and everything. And then the music plays and it, the, camera kind of pans around it's beautiful and the music is nice and then it pans into the uh house where chris and angela are sitting there playing cards and then angela looks up and her eyes are black and you can see things start to create on her and then it pans over to chris and she has the same thing and they but start talking no to each other and Angela's like, listen here, I've been, I've been waiting for this moment for years and you're not going to mess this up with some prophecy that isn't even going to come real. And then you hear Chris talk and he's like, she's just like, you're wasting your time. 
You think you can make this happen and you can't stop now. And, and they just kind of go back and forth and Angela is telling Chris how she's weak and how she's given up and you know, why, why give up? Why, why listen to what the prophecies say? Why not just go ahead and do what you want to do? And basically what you're coming to find out is Angela who has was and has been possessed by a demon called Lama Stu, Lama Stu or something like that <laughs> is speaking with Chris who has been possessed by Pazuzu since father Damien died. So okay. everything that's happened from the original movie, none of it had to do with Pazuzu because Pazuzu has been with Chris this entire time. That's why she quit acting. That's why she got into all this exorcist stuff was because Pazuzu wanted to know everything. How do I, you know, because someday Pazuzu, who is the devil, we come to find out, wants to make sure that when the apocalypse happens, he can show up and not miss a beat. So he's just been preparing over the last 40, 50 years for whenever the apocalypse does happen. And in the meantime, he's been possessing a few kids, you know, because he's, he's evil and everything like that. So that's how part two ends is you find out that Pazuzu has been in Chris McNeil since day one, while Lamashtu is a new demon who wants to start the apocalypse early and believes he can. So that's kind of how part two ends. I'm not sure how you can explain that. And it's cheesy as crap, but <laughs> it's something, it's a direction this place can go. So Lamashtu is the actual demon that was in Believer, right? Correct. Okay. Okay. Yep. Because, and that's why Reagan knew, or I'm, I keep saying Reagan. That's why Chris knew immediately when she walked in, this isn't the same demon I've dealt with because, well, the same demon I dealt with is in me. I've been part of me. And that's why Lamashtu stabbed Chris with a crucifix in the eyes okay, because okay. he knew, I'm going to say Lamashtu, I'm, I'm saying he, you know, I, we're just going to call him he. He knew that with the crucifix of God and the damage that would at least slow down Beelzebub. So Beelzebub, Pazuzu, well, Pazuzu right? Too many names Same here. thing. Um, yeah, true. So he could finish his mission with the two girls. Interesting. And then in part three, I haven't gone deep into this, but maybe we'll do this again sometime after part two. But in part three, it's a team up and Pazuzu has to make a call he never wanted to make. To LeBron James? To God. Pazuzu is the hero. <gasps> wow. In a way. <laughs> interesting oh well i'll tell you the movie that you described could actually be entertaining i guess it is if it's it done is. the right way see see that's the problem with way everything went first of all first off it never part two or any any of these should never have been made we've said this a hundred right. times a hundred people have said that a thousand times so it's except exorcist three well, yes, as good as Exorcist 3 is, it didn't need to be. I mean, the only reason Exorcist 3 exists is because Exorcist 2 happened. Exactly. And they didn't want it to end like that. 
but yeah. yet people keep coming in and grabbing it. It's like, well, let's try to get some more money. Let's try to get some more. Money. Let's try to make something good. Right. How about that? I agree. Yeah. Original. It should have just been so, a one done. So, yeah, I mean, between the strobe lights and whatever happened in part two, between, you know, the beginning and dominion and all that supernatural stuff that happened and whatever they did in believer you can't make this just a straight up religious movie anymore which is what part one was that's what the original they, they one kind of it had all deviated. the everything yeah. with religion and faith you can't do that anymore so it is now a supernatural i mean you know i i wouldn't be surprised if you see dean and sam show up in part two or three because it that that's kind of where they went with it and that's not what made the original so great so yeah that's why i kind of went cheesy <laughs> well, hey, the, I, mean, well, then I didn't i was just reading what kidding. i read. right right so yeah that was my kind of idea for part two you know again it got kind of weird and so it just it's the only way you can do weird right um, or if you, you can that's the only way you can go with this franchises i mean i don't know if you can bring yeah. it back but what you described would be, I mean, it would be interesting. It would be a nice little twist. It would be something that you didn't see coming. So it, it would be different and could actually play well if they did it right. But as we all know, it ain't it probably ain't gonna happen. Like I said, what they'll probably do <laughs> is rehash yeah, one of the other movies. Yeah, you know, Pazuzu will show up again somehow. I don't know who he'll possess. I don't know who's gonna be in part two and part three. Right. Other than, you know, I think I saw Victor and Angela are, and then, of course, Reagan and Chris, and that's it. That's all. Think about how scary Chris would be, possessed with no eyes. And that that would be, (laughs) how could you not do that now? That that would be like part three, the trilogy is ending. It's it's like she's guiding them for for all of part two, and then in part three, she turns out to be possessed by Pazuzu, takes off the scarf. She, I mean, the movie's titled Deceiver. So obviously there's got to be, I mean, you would think if they're going to name it Deceiver, that there's got to be some deception in the movie, right? So you're right. Somebody that you would least expect has got to be the possessed one here. There's got to be that kind of a twist. So interesting. I like your theory about, you know, there's another missing girl. I have a spin on that. What they could do is... I think in the next movie, Angela will still be possessed because I'm thinking that the demon played a trick on them in Believer when he said that he would let one girl live. So I, I'm thinking, you know, you, you should never make a deal with the devil, right? Like, that's the mistake of Adam and Eve. So when they made that deal, the demon did not really leave Angela. So then in part two, I think for some reason, they think that the demon that's possessed Angela knows where this other missing girl is so they can't perform an exorcism on her until they've gotten the demon to spill some information about where to find this missing girl so victor has to talk to his own possessed daughter to try to get clues out of this demon and he can't very silence of the lambs yeah like you you have to like trick the demon into spilling something it didn't mean to spill so that you can finally perform the exorcism and save your daughter. But that's the only way they could save his daughter and this missing girl. So I, I think that would be cool. 
All I want is for the end of the trilogy for them to end up back in Reagan's bedroom. Well, it got destroyed and in Reagan, part two, remember? What's that? Oh, I it didn't exist. Sorry. <laughs> um, and then it's Reagan and Chris, and it's the final showdown, or Reagan has to exercise. Because, I mean, it is the devil, so he obviously, you know, turns at the end. And Reagan has his has her mom down on the floor and she's just yelling, take me. And it takes her and she goes and runs and jumps out the window and misses the staircase just short and just lands at top. <laughs> 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 and doesn't fall down the stairs. Just <laughs> and just because you've already screwed this up so much, you might as well just finish it with a comedy. No, <laughs> that's what that's part three is going to be is going to be written by the uh, Farrelly brothers. There you go. <laughs> They're gonna no, make, make part three as serious as you want. It's you know do this whole supernatural thing, but just end it with a laugh. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> Here's a storyline I think they set up in part one that I I think they probably will try to finish in part two and three if they're smart. So they I think. Catherine's dad, since he basically caused Catherine to die in the in the last film and messed up the exorcism, I think he's going to get a redemption arc. So I'm thinking that somehow he's going to be, you know, he's going to get his moment to to be a, a good character and make a comeback. Because had that thought for the very beginning of Believer, they they set him up as like a racist and a jerk in the police station. So that's your introduction to him. And then, it, so that, that kind of telegraphs at the end, he might sabotage, not on purpose, but he might do something to mess up the exorcism. Mm -hmm. So I think in the sequels, you've got to bring him back somehow. And I think he'll be a key to maybe saving Angela, who I think will still be possessed. But I also think that the team, that basically I think in Believer, the team failed at their exorcism because they, they gave in to the demon, made this deal. They got swindled. So I think somewhere in the trilogy, they're going to have to perform a successful exorcism. So the, the group will have a comeback arc, and so will Catherine's dad as an individual. Yeah. I mean, reading a lot of the ideas and everything, and then, of course, the same director who did the uh, Halloween trilogy the last one that just came out, it feels like he's going the same way. It's not just one person helping or it's not one person sacrificing. It's all about the team coming together, the community coming together. You don't have to be a Catholic person to fight off demons. You can be a, you know, a Protestant, a Baptist, a Jewish person, um, Protestant, any, uh, you know, I, don't want to mess up any of the religions. I, Nathan knows them all. But, you know, you can be everything. And, you know, I there's a song I used to play in a Christian rock band. So we listened to a lot of music, Christian music back in the day. And there was a song by somebody that <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. But uh, anyway, it said it all comes down to a man dying on the cross. For your sins and you know obviously it doesn't bring in all the religions but if you think about it you know you've got 
Catholicism, you've got Baptists, you got Church of Christ, you got Church of Christ of the Latter-day Saints, you got Church of Christ of the and you know, there's fifty thousand different denominations out there, but it's all about Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. It's all the same thing. So even even with different religions who don't have Jesus in there, there's so many comparisons and so many things that one religion believes, well, another religion believes the same thing. There's just a couple little differences here and there, or, you know, we don't call it God, we call him Allah, or, you know, different things like that, or Buddha or whatever. So I think that's kind of where they're going with that is like, let's make it not just about Jesus, not just about the Catholics, any, you know, this is, we got to bring everybody in. Even the non-believers can have positive mojo on that, which is hard to do because if there's a girl being possessed, there's obviously a demon. Therefore there's obviously a God, but I think that's kind of where they're going with that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I thought of that too, when I was thinking of part three, Tony getting a redemption of some sort. And I, I, I can totally see that it, it I think it, it won't be a big one. I think it'll be he'll sacrifice himself probably towards the end of part two. Oh, um, you're right. He probably has to die. Yeah. Oh, somebody, he'll definitely somebody die. Has to. Tony's dead. dying. Dead meat. Yeah. <laughs> Stuart's dying more more than likely. You know, you, you're going you're gonna to lose one or two of the pre, or, uh, preachers or one or two of the uh, Justice League from Believer. I, I would assume Chris isn't going to make it past part two. Chris McNeil will be dead, so she doesn't have to come back for part three too expensive she doesn't want to do it she want to do it they're probably just going to cg her face into the next one uh, she'll probably have like six lines be a prominent character but not have to act or talk throughout most of it and then she'll die towards the end as well right after tony <laughs> you are probably right about in the theology of the film at the end of believer the nurse's monologue basically kind of steered the the religion of the film more towards what they call universalism uh, where you know people who people who are into that believe all religions are are the same thing i didn't expect that when i was watching it because the way i viewed even the herb doctor i thought that was like something they took out of the dead sea scrolls as like a splinter group of the jews so when I watched the film, I thought they were just bringing the denominations together up until the end. And I'm like, oh, okay, they're, they are trying to bring all religions and all views in here. I, I do think that is what they're trying to do. It, it, that is in contrast to the original trilogy. So we'll see what they do with the next one. That'll be interesting to see. But I, I liked what they did with the first, well, with Believer in terms of that the denominations coming together because you know people are always saying like well how do i know which church to go to because all these denominations say they're right and they're all fighting each other so it was cool to see them come together in like this little neighborhood community type thing which i think is more reflective of the early church so i liked that i'm wondering if they'll keep going with that or not but i do have a name for the third film. Oh, so we have Believer, Deceiver. Mine was Dreamweaver. Dreamweaver, the meat cleaver. Come on. You could use it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Beaver. 
Bieber as Justin. <laughs> Turns out that he's been behind the whole thing. Yeah, I'm not going to watch yes. that movie. Yes, he's possessed Chris McNeil. <laughs> it, hurt, it, it hurt me to bring in uh, George T. <laughs> Scott's daughter from part three into this <laughs> movie. You, you can't bring in Justin Bieber. No. <laughs> What's a Justice uh, Bieber? Anyway. All right. That's what the crystal ball says. So I, anyone who's making comments, I do want to point out that this is not from my brain. I did not come up with this. This this thing right here, it's heavier than I thought. Um, it's told me everything, and uh, it says you should also like and subscribe. So huh. I'm just seeing what this is telling me to say. Awesome. Well, we'll find out if the crystal ball is correct in I think July of 2025. Boy, I sure can't wait. It was April 18th. Or maybe that's it. I don't know. I don't care. Um, April 18th, 2025. <laughs> I have a hot take. Hot take. For this deceiver. I'm wondering if you guys will agree. I think David Gordon Green is going to get fired off of Deceiver. You think he will be fired before they even start production? Yes. I think he will get replaced. Really? Yeah, that's not the worst. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, but unfortunately, I don't think it's his fault. I mean, they gave him a bad, did he write it? I was going to say they gave him a bad script, but then I realized he's the writer. Yeah, he, yeah, he is one of the writers. Yeah. Isn't he? yeah. So well, maybe then, the, they'll let him direct if they get someone else to write the script, because the script was to me the problem. The film was pretty gorgeous. It was it was shot well, but the script it wasn't well researched and it wasn't, you know, it, it didn't, uh, it wasn't cohesive. Okay. If they're smart, they'll get another writer and yeah, then they'll let him film. I'm okay William, with him filming is it. Is William Blatty still alive? <laughs> He's probably like, I have washed my hands of this. I, I tried to help you out with three. I and think it still messed it up. So I'm, I'm done. I, I'm out. I know Friedkin's dead. I think Blady is too. Wow. That's my hot take. Okay. Well, it's interesting. Uh, we will find all of this out. April of 2025 is when the next film comes out. So we'll see if the crystal ball was accurate, if uh, Nathan's prediction comes true. And uh, that's it. We've covered The Exorcist. We're done. We've done them all. And you can check out those videos on our YouTube page uh, in case you missed them or if you're interested in hearing what we thought about it. And that'll do it. And we will see you next time with some more movies. Ooh.